السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين My beloved brothers, my sisters, my elders I first will translate a little bit of what our Ustadh has mentioned because it's a very, very important lesson Today we have gathered here in order to celebrate the Qur'an. And when I say this, I mean the hifz and memorization of the Qur'an is not something simple had it not been for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's virtue and mercy to simplify it. وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ فَهَلْ مِنْ Indeed, we have made this Qur'an easy for you, not only to memorize, but to understand and to put into practice. Is there anyone from amongst you who's going to memorize it, understand it, learn it, put it into practice, teach it to others? Allah asks this question many times in the Qur'an. And this Qur'an is addressed to us. What we heard a few moments ago, the essence of those words encapsulates the entire life of a human being. What was sent to you? What was the gift to you as a human being? Was it not the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? What did he bring? Did he not bring the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Did Allah Almighty not reveal to him his own word in order for it to be communicated to you and I? It is a diamond indeed. Something very valuable. So valuable that it's very difficult for those who don't have an understanding of value to appreciate it. When I hear the term diamond, the first thing that comes to my mind is a precious stone, doesn't it? Expensive stone. In my country, Zimbabwe, a few years back, more than a decade back, there was a tremor in the eastern part of the country that caused some movement in the earth. It resulted in a lot of the diamonds coming to the surface. And those of you who know, in those Marange fields, and that's the name of the place, many people began to find diamonds all over the show. And they would go to others and say, would you like to buy some stones? Now it's illegal to deal in those stones without proper paperwork. What do you know? about those stones. If you don't know anything, you won't even know the value. There was a student who told his ustad that you have taught us that this Quran is a diamond and it has great value. Wherever we who know the Quran go, they treat us like rubbish. A'udhu billah. You see the Mawlana, the Sheikh, the Imam, the Hafiz in the community. How does the community treat that person? That is how much barakah and blessings there will be in that community. 
any community you go to, just look at how they treat their ulama, how they treat the huffad, how they carry themselves, what goes on in community and society. Everyone knows that every single community will definitely have a bit of politics here and there. Are you going to rise above it and benefit the entire community or are you going to cause nuqsan and loss? That's the question. So this young student asks his ustad, he says, you told us the Quran has the most value ever. Why is it that wherever we go, we find people treating us badly when we tell them Allah said this, this is haram, this is halal, don't do this and do this and don't dress like this and don't be found in this company and don't do this type of business dealing. Why is it that they don't even value us? This ustad was very intelligent. He gave this young boy a stone, a dirty stone, and told him, oh, my student, take this stone. Take this stone and go to the marketplace. Ask its value from the cobbler. You know, the cobbler is the one who mends shoes. And don't sell it to him, but ask him, how much are you prepared to pay for this stone? Hear what he says. After that, go to the butcher and ask the butcher, how much are you prepared to pay for the stone? Don't sell it to him, but hear what he says. And after that, go to the carpenter. Don't sell it to him. Ask him, how much are you prepared to pay for the stone? And finally, when you're done with everything, go to the jeweler and ask him the same question. But don't sell it. Bring it back to me. He went to the cobbler. He says, I'm selling a stone. The cobbler looked at him and says, whole day I see hundreds of these stones. I'm not interested in buying it. He said, please, I want to sell the stone. He says, okay, I'll give you $5 for this. $5 is approximately how many rands? How many? I see ikhtalafa fihi ulama There's a dispute here. But whatever it is, maybe the rand is fluctuating as we speak. May Allah grant us ease. Anyway, so $5. He said, okay, no problem. I'm not selling it. Let's see. He went from there to where? To the butcher. He says to the butcher, I'm selling the stone. The butcher says, I'm not interested in buying it. I don't buy stones. I don't buy dirt. I don't buy rubbish. So he said, what do you mean? Make an offer. He said, no, you leave it here free. If you want, I'll throw it away for you. Did you hear that? From there, he went to the carpenter. The carpenter says, if you want me to take this stone, you pay me $5. How's that? I'll get rid of it for you if it's giving you a bit of an irritation. This young student shook his head and he says, you know what? I don't even know what's going on here. I don't understand. What is the whole wisdom behind what my ustad has told me? Anyway, quietly, half the day was over. It was hot. He decided, let me go to the jeweler. That was my last part of the errand. And it's almost lunchtime. And I'm also a little bit hungry and so on. He entered the jewelers. 
And he asked them, listen, I'm selling the, selling the stone. How much are you prepared to offer? It's a dirty stone full of mud and whatever else. And the jewelers looked at it. They, they, they shined it a little bit. And they went to call the boss, the man at the back. Please come forward. They came. He shined it a bit more, looked at it with a bit of a, you know, this little magnifying glass they have. Looked at the young boy. He said, where did you get this from? He says, no, I'm selling it on behalf of someone. He says, who is it? He says, I can't tell you, but I'm selling it. He says, listen, are you sure? He says, yes. We've never seen such a stone before. It's lunchtime. We're supposed to close, but no problem. We lock these doors so that no one comes in. Let's do a little bit of research here. Let's try and check. They checked the stone. They shined it. It turned out to be a diamond, a very, very expensive diamond. They told us, man, we're offering you $50,000 for this thing. He was shocked, man. He was shocked. He says, you're offering me so much. Are you sure? He says, not only that, if you don't want to sell it to us, we are going to put it in a case for you with a lock and we are going to send two armed guards with you walking out of this store because it's not safe with what you have. It's not safe. He said, what do you mean? The owner says, listen, I'm the owner here. I've been dealing in stones for so many years. This is a rare gem. Rare gem. He said, no, no, no. Let me come back. Let me go and see who the, the owner is and tell him. They said, we won't allow you to leave here. It's dangerous. They sent him. This Ustad is sitting back there. And he sees this man coming with a big red box. And there's two people walking next to him. And he came in. His Ustad made him sit down. He says, you see, I knew this was going to happen. You are telling me that the people are not valuing the Quran. When we said the Quran is like a diamond. Look, I gave you a real diamond. No one values it unless there is someone who knows it. Indeed, a virtue in someone is only known by another who has a similar virtue. When someone reads Quran, they can read the best Quran in the world. Someone will say, it's okay. He doesn't know how to read because he didn't sing song like what everyone wants you to do today. And you have another guy who sings songs, but his tajweed is up the pole. And people say, wow, what a top reciter. Because they don't have a clue what Quran is all about. Don't you see that happening? <laughs> Indeed, a person with honor is only recognized by another who has a similar honor. You have a top doctor. He'll tell you, hey. You've got a problem, go to that doctor because I know he's a top doctor. But when you get a member of the public who knows nothing, he was given smarties by one of the doctors and he got better. He'll tell everyone, this doctor is top, man. But he doesn't realize the guy just gave you a placebo. That's what he did. The point is, the minute I heard the term diamond referring to the Quran, this whole story came to my mind. I said, I must share it. It's very important. It is a diamond only for those who recognize it. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent to Makkah to people who knew him and whom he knew. Still, some of them accepted and some of them rejected to the highest degree on both sides. 
His best friend was from the same community. His worst enemy was from the same community. Abu Bakr and Abu Jahl were from the same Quraysh. What happened? One was an expert. He knew this man is not a liar. Abdullah ibn Salam radiyallahu anhu before he accepted Islam when he saw Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Medina Munawwara he says as soon as I saw this man's face I knew and he was a Jewish rabbi he said I knew this is not the face of a liar la ilaha illallah when you look at something with the eye of sincerity you see in it the goodness and you benefit from it but when you look at the same thing with the eye of jealousy envy hatred inferiority or superiority some of these complexes you will never notice the diamond and the rare gem that you have in community and society so this is the quran allah is going to ask you on the day of judgment what did you do i sent to you my book my word i sent to you my nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam how did you respond to him what did you do what did you say and so subhanallah as we heard earlier in today's world every 6 months or less as you grow older what do you do you go for a check up check up subhanallah many places i have traveled to before an event like this and this was at the peak of the delta variant we're not talking of what's transpired now it's the mercy of allah that the variants have actually taken the form of something much lighter that's the fadl of allah that's the gift of allah you and i know at the beginning how it was but there was a time when i was traveling every single participant needed to have a test showing negative pcr every participant you want to come in here negative you must be negative take a test outside and then come in recently i was in the uk one of the venues the rule that they have is you have to have had a test before you come in here there were hundreds there were in fact there were thousands of free tests outside anyone wants to come you test a rapid test and you come inside although all of that has ended and is ending and inshallah we ask allah at this juncture in this masjid to eradicate the entire virus from the face of the earth amen amen but look at how people don't want to sit next to another because the man is clearing his throat la ilaha illallah i was on an aircraft and i heard some i said what's happening i'm trying to cough but i don't want to attract attention la ilaha illallah we have arrived at an age where we have a phobia of a cough coughophobia try it you go to the states they say you just clear your throat they'll offload you from mid air subhanallah go back it's no more they look at you and see your beard no ways they hear the sound subhanallah you wheezing when you breathing you've got a problem they check your temperature 1 degree too high they chase you back all this is called testing you're testing in a similar way we test for sugar we test for cholesterol we test for everything else you look at your kidney function you look at your your eyes whatever else it may be you check and make sure as you grow older there's nothing wrong 
You look at your cancer markers, don't you? Subhanallah. They say if you're a male age of 40, you need to start once in a while checking your cancer markers. May Allah protect all of us and grant us good health. The lab that we have and the mirror that we have through which we should constantly be checking our iman and our connection with Allah is the Quran. That's the Quran. It is the Quran. Look at the Quran. See it. What does it say in there? The book, this is the book. In it, there is guidance for those who have taqwa. Do you have taqwa? Do you look at the Quran as a book of guidance or are you a carpenter or a butcher? By the way, with all due respect to those who are carpenters, it's only an example. Subhanallah. Look at the Quran and ask yourself, how's my sugar? How sweet am I? How pure is my tongue? How correct are my eyes? It's not about minus 7.5 and minus 13. You can get the laser done today by engaging in tawbah. I'm never going to look at pornography again. I'm never going to look at something haram again. I'm never going to use these eyes as a gift that Allah blessed me to do something haram. No way. I met a brother in the UK whom I know and he has an issue with his eyes. And I told him, I said, my brother, do you know there is a hadith where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whomsoever I have taken away their two loved ones, I will give them jannah in return for that if they bear sabr upon that. What are the loved ones referring to? Al-Karimatan, the eyes, the eyes. If Allah took your eyes away in this world and you bore sabr, Allah says, because of the sabr that you bore, we give you jannah as a result. Look at the gift of Allah. Take a look at the Quran and ask yourself, what have I done in order to gain closeness to Allah? Am I a good person? Have I fulfilled my duties unto Allah? Have I given the share to my sisters? When the Quran tells me, don't cheat the sisters. Do you know Surah An-Nisa is a whole surah named after the women in which the shares of inheritance are written specifically by every detail. Why in the surah of women? Because people cheat women when it comes to inheritance. That's one of the reasons. Give them, don't hold back. Your money that you stole from someone will never help you. In fact, when you grow older and you're closer to your grave, you begin to regret the five rands that you usurped from someone. It's not worth it. Not worth it. As you grow older, you begin to ask yourself, why did I do this and why did I do that? Allah says, don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah tells Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to give us the believers good news to say, O oh, you worshippers of Allah who have transgressed against yourselves, never ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah. He will forgive all your sins. He is most forgiving, most merciful. But 
The next verses say, turn to Allah before death overtakes you and then it will be too late. Then it will be too late. People say, I'm healthy. I'm young. The clubs and the pubs are near. The adultery is very doable and it's becoming more accessible. And I don't think I'm going to die right now. I'm full of energy. Few hours later, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Sudden heart attack, 25 years old, gone. Has it not happened? Sudden heart attack, 35 years old, gone. Has it not happened? Sick for two days, three days, 45 years old, gone. Has it not happened? The Prophet ﷺ says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, close to Qiyamah there will be something known as sudden death that will overtake people and they will be shocked. Oh, but I was with this person right now. Wallahi, we are close to the times because Sadaqa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He has spoken the truth. It has happened and it is happening now in our lives. Don't you see that? So look at the Quran as a laboratory, which means as a lab that will give you the results of your test. When you look towards it as a mirror, you see your eyes, have I used them correctly? Your ears, your nose, your tongue, have you spoken the truth? Have you been a person who turned to Allah? Then it would be correct for you to say that I have indeed, I have indeed tried my best to fulfill the haq and the right that this Quran has over me. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيَرْفَعُ بِهَذَا الْكِتَابِ أَقْوَامًا وَيَضَعُ بِهِ آخَرِينَ The Prophet ﷺ says that Allah has elevated through the Qur'an some people and through the same Qur'an Allah has dropped other people. One wonders how is the dropping? We understand the elevation. Every word you read, every letter that you read, not word, every letter in the word, you get 10 rewards. You get 10 rewards. The Prophet ﷺ says, وَلَا أَقُولُ أَلِفْ لَامْ مِيمْ حَرْفٌ بَلْ أَلِفٌ حَرْفٌ وَلَامٌ حَرْفٌ وَمِيمٌ حَرْفٌ I am not saying Alif Lam Mim is one letter. Alif is a letter, Lam is a letter, Mim is a letter. Alif Lam Mim. 30 US dollars. Sorry, 30 rewards. Imagine if it was US dollars. I would say, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ I would become loaded. Right? Wallahi the hasanat with Allah, the reward is far greater than any currency you can think of. I said it purposely just for us to think that if I were to read one page of the Quran and someone were to give me a thousand dollars, I would tell them, hang on, let me read the whole Quran today. I need to buy a Porsche outside there. Right? Allah tells you, the currency of the hereafter is your good deeds. When a person passes away to his grave, goes all the things. His family goes to the grave. His money goes to the grave. His deeds go to the grave. But what goes in with him? His money goes back. His family goes back. His deeds go through. 
What deeds do you have? Your money is going to go back. The more you have, the more chances there are of your family, your blood children that you left behind, fighting over the five rands that you left behind. The poorer you were, the less the fights. Go and see. It's the sunnah of Allah. It's the plan of Allah. Very difficult to find extremely wealthy who passes away and the kids are not squabbling. They need to have iman. Then they won't squabble. They need to have selflessness. Then they will not squabble. They need to understand the decree of Allah. Then they will not squabble. But when we allow the dunya to take over, a dunya mal'oonatun, the dunya is cursed, man. It's cursed. It's a deception. فَلَا تَغُرَّنَّكُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يَغُرَّنَّكُمْ بِاللَّهِ الْغَرُورِ Don't let the dunya deceive you. It will deceive you. It will cheat you, man. It will make you feel like you are growing in it. Yet Allah knows you are going in it. Going closer to your grave. Every year that passes, you are a year closer to your hisab. Allah says, and don't let shaitan, the big deceiver, deceive you. Iblis and his troop, don't let them deceive you. Do a reality check every now and again. Reality check. Who am I? Where am I going? Do a few good deeds. Speak the truth. Stay away from sin. Allah will elevate you. If you are reading in the Quran, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَارْكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ That verse is in Surah Al-Baqarah. Establish your salah, but you're not establishing salah. Give charities to the poor, but you're not giving your zakah. Bow with those who are bowing, ruku' meaning fulfill your salah with jama'ah, but you are not doing it. Will that Quran bear witness for you or against you? That's why the hadith I mentioned, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيَرْفَعُ بِهَذَا الْكِتَابِ أَقْوَامًا وَيَضَعُ بِهِ آخَرِينَ I translated it already. There is another hadith that says, Al-Qur'an hujjatul laka aw alayk. The Qur'an will bear witness for you or against you. So Umar ibn al-Khattabi radiyallahu anhu, he used to say, from the mimbar, Hasibu anfusakum qabla an tuhasabu. Take account of your deeds, do your check. Like how you check your blood, check your accounts. Do accounts of your deeds before they will be done for you on the day of judgment. You know the mess you are in. That for the last two months, I've been repeating a certain verse that struck me. And today, I was asked to read Quran. And just I chose any verses that came to my mind. And I read them. And in them, one verse, the last one I read, struck me. And I need to tell you what it says in there. Because it's connected. The Quran has in it a reminder. Allah says that reminder won't bother people unless they have a heart. Unless they have a heart. Do you have a heart? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allah talks about Jannah and Jahannam. 
Allah talks about Jahannam, the fire of hell, will call out to say, Oh Allah, if there is more, bring, bring. There's still space here. And then Allah says, those who are conscious of Allah, develop a good relationship with Allah, they are the ones who will earn paradise. But Allah says, this reminder will not benefit you unless you have a heart. You have a heart. When Allah has spoken, He speaks the truth. Do you have a heart? When Allah says qalb, He means qalb in every sense of that word. You need to have a heart. Put your hand on your heart and feel it pump and see how vulnerable and weak you are. You totally rely on Allah for every heartbeat. Totally rely on Allah for every heartbeat. Those of you who got pacemakers, may Allah grant you goodness. Those of you who have heart disease and problems and cholesterol, may Allah grant you shifa, all of us. Allah says, for you to become a better person, you need a real heart. You need to realize your physical heart as well as your spiritual heart. People say, take heart. What do they mean? They don't mean take your heart out. They mean you need to act in a certain way and process the information in a certain way. When the Quran tells you to do something, do it if you have a heart. Where are you going? I'm going back to Allah. So I was telling you that in the last two months, there's a verse that has struck me that is so amazing that I keep sharing it in order to remind myself. You know what it is? Today we are sitting as guests of whom? Who are you a guest of right now? Do you know? It is not the name of a human being. It is your Lord, Allah, your maker. He brought you to this masjid. He gave you the energy, the capacity. He invited you in a way that your heart inclined towards coming to his house. And if you were not close to him, you would never go to his house. We are sitting in whose house? Please tell me. The house of Allah. Thank Allah. He brought you to his own house. Here, you will not find tea and coffee and chocolates and cakes. You will find something far more valuable than this. What is it? Hudan lil muttaqeen. Guidance for those who have taqwa. Allah will show you the way to contentment towards your grave, towards going towards Allah. So you prepare for the day you're going to meet with Him. All of us, we have done some good deeds and some bad deeds. Do you know what is the mercy of Allah? Allah tells you, you are human. You are insan, right? You are human. We know that you are going to commit a few sins. We know that. But we want to give you a bonus to tell you that on the day of Qiyamah, we will have a scale. A scale. وَنَضَعُ الْمَوَازِينَ الْقِسْطَ لِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ فَلَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا Allah says, on the day of judgment, we will place the scales of justice and we will weigh the deeds of the people and we won't oppress anyone, not even a bit. What that means is, 
Allah says, we know you did some bad deeds. But if you did more good deeds than bad, we will ignore the bad deeds. Have you ever thought of that? So when you've done a few bad deeds, don't lose hope. Change your life. Change your life. Make tawbah. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. Either they will be totally wiped or they will be diminished. And when you come on the day of judgment and the scale is placed, you will stand there watching. You and I. I'm going to watch my deeds. You are going to watch your deeds. We will be so worried about our own deeds that we won't even have the time to look left or right to see the other people's deeds. If the prophets of Allah are recorded to have been saying nafsi, nafsi on that day, what chance do you and I stand? La ilaha illallah. They are all worried about themselves. What about you and I? The only one who is... The greatest of the day, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will be saying, Ummati, Ummati, Ummati. Oh Allah, I'm concerned about my Ummah. And Allah will tell him, I fulfill my promise to you that intercession be for whomsoever you wish from amongst your Ummah with our permission. May Allah grant us the intercession of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Amen. So your deeds are placed on the scales. And now you're watching these deeds. And what are you hoping? You're hoping you pass. My children who are here, matriculants. You tell the ulama, please make dua for me. I got my matric. Right? My exams, my O-level. Whatever else it may be. Please make dua. Come exam season. Kids are here for tahajjud, man. Subhanallah. I always laugh at the children. I say, I see you guys... Two times. When the English league is playing and when, there's the, and when there's examinations. One youngster came. He says, I'm fasting Monday, Thursday for the last three weeks. I said, why? I want my team to win. He said, la ilaha illallah. I want my team to win. Look at the focus and dedication. Can't we fast Monday and Thursday for, for myself, for the sake of Allah? Even if you failed your matric, but you earned Jannah, wallahi, you have succeeded. And even if you got all A's and you aced them, but you didn't read Salatul Fajr, you lost everything. Raka'atal Fajri, khayrum minad dunya wa ma fiha. The two sunnah of Fajr is better than the whole world and whatever it contains in the eyes of Allah. Are you going to get up tomorrow morning early and say, Oh Allah, this is better than the Porsches and the Ferraris and the Bugattis and the Rolls Royces and the whatever not. Notice I'm giving you car examples because we all owes here, man. MashaAllah. Even the women are into vehicles these days. The other day I saw someone raced past me. I said, she was in niqab. I said, la ilaha illallah. The world is changing. MashaAllah. I thought my foot was heavy. I said, no ways. The sisters, MashaAllah, they're gymming it, man. Allah grant goodness. The point I'm raising is all this that we look at valuable. Your perfumes, your clothes, your accessories, your watches, your cars, your houses, your facilities, your air cons, your bear cons, your pools, your warm, whatever it's called, heated pools and whatever else. All of that 
It won't help you. The minute your eyes close, forever and ever and ever and ever, what will help you is rak'ata al-fajri khayrum min dunya wa ma fiha. Your two rakats of fajr, sunnah, that is far more valuable than all of this put together. So, what is it that I was saying for two months I've been struck by? I still haven't told you. I'm just building up the momentum to tell you. Allah on the day of Qiyamah will give you your book, your own book. That's what it is. I am telling you now because Allah told Nabi Muhammad Wasallam, who told his companions and the chain came all the way down to us. Today we have a Hafid who is going to be completing the memorization of the Quran today. Hence, we are gathered here to listen to this beautiful, melodious recitation of the last few verses that he's going to recite. The whole idea is the message that came through to us includes in it the fact that Allah Almighty is going to give you your book. What's in the book? Your deeds. Your book of deeds. What did you do in your life? From the beginning of puberty to the time your eyes closed. Whatever you did is in this book. So Allah says, those who did not turn to us. How do you turn to Allah? Either by seeking forgiveness or by entering into the correct faith. You enter into the correct faith with a shahada. And you believe in the pillars of Islam and Iman. You worship Allah alone, etc., etc. Or, you're a Muslim already. You make tawbah. You seek Allah's forgiveness. Change your ways. It's, it's okay. Change it. Stop it. Your sin won't get you far. You know you're going to regret it one day. Stop it from now. It's not going to help you. It's not going to get you anywhere. You don't need it. You don't. So Allah will give you this book. Right now, guess what? You are writing the book. Today, you are writing the book. In that book, it will be stated, you gathered in this masjid, you heard this, you sat with this person, this one was next to you. That Whatever detail you want to know, you will know. How many droplets of sweat you sweated, if you did sweat, you will know. Because that day, all the records there. Detail, minor, fine. The finest, that which you didn't know, it's already in there. You are writing your book now. That's the beauty of it. Allah says, while you are writing your book, you can add and subtract and delete and change and edit. But the minute we decide, hand in your book, it's like examination. You sat in matric, one hour exam, 59, up to 59 minutes and 59 seconds, you could chop and change and delete and erase and cross and answer again and say one plus one is five, come back to say one plus one is three, and then go back and 59.59, you quickly said, no, one plus one is two. What happened? They said, stop, which means... The time is expired. Finished. You put your pen down. Whatever you had written last is the answer that's going to be corrected or ticked or crossed. You can lead your life in the wrong path. 70 years. If your life is 70 and at 70 you turn to Allah the last day, you're a lucky chap. It's in the hadith. And the opposite is true. You can have a saint for 70 years reading in the first saf. If Allah kicks you out one day before, you decided, let me just go and do X, Y, Z. May Allah protect us. May Allah never take us away except with Iman. So Allah is going to give you your book. You're writing it now. 
Write it well. How do you write it well? Check it. Ask someone. Allah says, ask. فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ وَالزُّبُرِ If you don't know, ask those with knowledge. Make a friend or two who have a little bit of knowledge. Speak to them. Good company. How are you writing your book? They must look at you and correct the way you're writing your book. Hey, bye. You are writing your book here. You know what? You're writing in this book every day, two packets of cigarettes. Can't you change this, man? You know, I gave this example yesterday at the masjid in Johannesburg. Hey, some of the people afterwards didn't really like it. How come? Isn't it good, uh, good advice to say quit smoking? Quit smoking. Inshallah, it's a good thing. Some of my buddies, some of the people I know well, I, you know, but we have to give good advice. I can't say, no, because my friends are smoking, it's a minor thing. Today we have a huge issue regarding what? Weed. Am I right? Youngsters are pretending like there's nothing happening. When we hear the Quran being recited just now, inshallah, it will be recited with Tajj weed. But we're talking of the other weed. People are just doing it like it's nothing wrong. They say, no, but it's legalized now. What's legalized? Well, cigarettes are also legal according to the legalities of the law of the land. It doesn't make it halal. It doesn't make it a good thing or beneficial. They have to sell it to you and they have to. According to the law of the land in most of the world, right on the box, smoking kills. Finished. Straight to the point. Smoking kills. I told one guy, you know smoking kills. He said, well, breathing kills too. I said, hey, you know what? When Allah doesn't want someone to see the light, you can tell them anything. They've got a jawab, answer for you straight, flat, cash, not even a check. <laughs> Allah grant you ease and all of us. So Allah gives you your book and Allah says, you know what? Allah. Read your book, your own book. Check your deeds, your own deeds. And then you tell us where do you think you deserve to go. That's what Allah will say. So Jannah, Jahannam, where do you think you want to go? You're going to tell it for yourself because you have to bear witness against yourself. Kafa binafsika al-yawma alayka hasiban. You know what that means? That means you are sufficient as a witness against your own self today, read your book and tell us what's the score. Hey, that is the verse that has taken me by storm because I know two things. I'm worried on one hand, concerned I mean, and the other hand I know there's the mercy of Allah, I'm still alive and I'm still writing the book. May Allah forgive me and all of us. Engage in Tawbah every day. Istighfar every day. The Prophet ﷺ used to seek forgiveness 70 times a day, up to 100 times a day. Why? To teach us, man. Write your book nicely. If you wrote something wrong, correct it before you sleep. Oh Allah, today I did something bad. Forgive me. I won't do it again. I regret it, Ya Allah. When you get on the day of Qiyamah, you might not even see that deed at all. It's wiped out by Allah. You might see a good deed. You went for Hajj. I haven't been for Hajj. Allah says, you know, you did a sin. One day when you sought forgiveness and you changed your life after that, we converted that sin into a hajj for you. That's in the Quran. 
illa man taba wa amana wa amila amalan salihan faulaika yubaddilullahu sayyatihim hasanat wa kana allahu ghafuran rahima subhanallah allah says those allah speaks of the punishment right then he makes an exception he says except for those who did tauba and after the tauba they did good deeds they changed their lives allah says for them we converted the bad deeds into good right side of the scale for them the come on the day of judgment you see a lot of good deeds that you didn't do but that was given to you as a bonus by allah because you changed your life only for allah look a person committing adultery why should he quit for what he's young he's healthy the woman is pretty or whoever else it might be everyone everything is okay things are happening no one's finding out and you're moving and you're cruising why would you stop what would make you stop allah says if you stop only for me you deserve a vip status on the day of judgment done did you hear that because nothing needed nothing would have stopped you you got everything you got the money you got the this you got the authority you got everything you got whatever that is why the seven categories from among those who will achieve that vip status known as the shade on the day of qiyamah one of them is رجل دعته امراه ذات منصب وجمال فقال اني اخاف الله someone who is called by the opposite sex to engage in adultery fornication and all the facility is ready and there is no barrier between them and them except that they say you know what me i fear allah and they don't do it allah says you know what you're a vip come here that's a hadith you can quit a sin If you've done something in the past not too late you're still alive you're still writing your book but the minute the bell rings well maybe I shouldn't say the bell rings but that's a school example but the minute your ajal comes your time fixed comes it's too late you have to put the pen down it's over Inna ajalallahi idha jaa la yuakhkhar indeed the prescribed time from Allah when it comes it won't delay إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ فَلَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ When the prescribed time of Allah for your ending comes, it's not going to be delayed by a moment, nor will it be brought forward by a moment. May Allah make it easy for us. So these are the verses. Like I say, read your own book. Inshallah, may Allah help us to write a good book. Today we are, inshallah, going to hear the beautiful verses of the Qur'an. and inshallah we we will be encouraged not only to learn to read to memorize but also to put into practice to teach others and to respect those who are holding the quran i want to end off with something interesting have you heard a verse where allah says subhanahu wa ta'ala inna nahnu nazzalna adh-dhikra wa inna lahu lahafizun he says we have revealed this quran adh-dhikr refers here to the quran we have revealed the quran and we will protect it have you heard that verse before we have revealed the quran and we will protect it so it is reported that one of the great ulama went to a hifz school very interesting point he went to a hifz school 
And they were talking to him, they were speaking to him, explaining to him, Hada yahfadul Quran, Wahada yahfadul Quran, Wahada yahfadul Quran. He says, Balil Quranu yahfaduhu. Allahu Akbar. Balil Quranu yahfaduhu. The word in the Arabic language for memorizing is also hifd, and for protecting is also hifd. So this, this man, Ustad, a scholar, was being told, this man is hafid, this man is hafid of the Quran, this man is, has basically protected the Quran in his heart, this man has protected the Quran, this one has protected the Quran. He says, no, the Quran is protecting them. Read Ayatul Kursi. Read your nas. What are you guaranteed? Tell me. Protection. Read the whole Quran. What are you guaranteed? The biggest protection. One brother told me at an airport, he asked me a question. He says, Look, I've got this problem. What do you suggest I read? Now, what do I tell him? What do I tell him? We're at an airport, we're busy coming out by immigration. I told him, My brother. Read the entire Quran from cover to cover slowly but surely. Somewhere in there, whatever you have, Allah will fulfill it for you. It's a right answer. Because somewhere inside there, do you know there's certain verses that you read in the Quran that have in them cure for a disease you had that you didn't know, that you were cured from, that you'll only find out on the day of judgment. Do you understand what I just said? It's very deep. Very, very deep. Allah has cured you from a cancer you didn't ever know you had by the barakah of a verse you read that you didn't even realize. That was the cure. Did you ever have cancer? Someone asks. You say never. But Allah will show you on the day of judgment you almost died. We cured you without you knowing. Allahu Akbar. That's Allah. That is your Lord. Allah has cured you from diseases you did not know you had because no one ever told you. Turn to the Quran. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِظَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ Oh people, this Quran that has come to you, it is a reminder for you, a warning for you from Allah, and in it there is cure for the diseases of the heart. Allah tells you there is cure in it. It's called a shifa. So, when you memorize the Quran, you are actually putting yourself in the protection of Allah because Allah's guaranteed He's going to protect the Quran and you have it in your heart, so He has to protect your heart. So when you see a hafiz whose hifth is solid and he's carrying himself in the correct way, which means he, he carries himself as a good Muslim, fulfilling his salah, etc., you must know that around him, Allah has placed angels of protection. He has something there that Allah promised he's going to protect, the Quran. And I'm saying this as an encouragement to all of us, memorize, even if it is one verse a day, and even if you are 80 years old, one verse a day. Do you know why? When you make an intention, oh Allah, I want to memorize the Quran, I want to finish this, I'm starting one verse today. If you die after one year, would you have finished? No. In the eyes of Allah, you finished. Innamal <laughs> wa
Allah says to us through Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, hadith of Umar ibn al-Khattabi radiallahu anhu standing on the mimbar. And he says, I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, all deeds are judged by their underlying intentions and not by the deed itself. So if you intend to do good and you had a sincere intention, you started it off, what happens? Allah says, we wrote it for you as a good deed. It was over. Haven't you heard that if a person is regular with Salatul Jama'ah, one day he's ill and he couldn't make it, the angels write his presence. Because he was sick, but he's present there. Had he been well, he would have been there. The mercy of Allah. My brothers, my sisters, we are dealing with Rabbun, Raufun, Wadudun, Rahimun, Halimun, Rahmanun. We are dealing with the Lord who is merciful, he is kind, he is compassion, he is beneficent, he is forgiving. He's amazing. That's your Lord and mine. Surely when we go to him, we want to take on our pages a few, a little bit of istighfar every day. Tuba liman wujida fi sahifatihi istighfaran kathira. Give good news of Jannah to the one on whose pages. The pages of what? Your book. A lot of istighfar is found. Open the book every day. Yeah, there's a few bad deeds, but there's istighfar. Next day, few bad deeds, istighfar. Few bad deeds, istighfar. Good news. Good news. Turn to Allah. I ask Allah to bless our Hafidh who has completed today and the families and the Ustads and the Masjid and the Madrasa and all of those who have attended and those who will listen later. May Allah grant us every form of goodness and barakah. And may Allah make these few words life-changing for all of us. And may Allah Almighty grant us the goodness of this world. My brothers, I want to tell you something. My sisters, we will meet on the other side. Inshallah. We will meet on the other side. Inshallah. We will meet on the other side. Inshallah. With Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aren't you making an effort? Aren't you trying a little bit? Try a bit harder. We will meet on the other side. Inshallah. In a good place, by the will of Allah. Increase the love for one another. Learn to forgive one another. This world is too short. To hold grudges, to hold enmity, it's too short. It's, it's really, it's a waste of time. Open your heart. Come towards Allah. Greet those who don't greet you. Never mind. Never mind. No problem. Make peace with those who don't want to make peace with you. If you can. Some people might say it's a bit hard. It depends what it is. But still, have a big heart. Don't hold all of that in yourself. Think good of people. Do good. Turn towards Allah. See how Allah will bless us in every way. We are struggling across the globe. Inshallah, we will find comfort and solace through the Quran and through the dhikr and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَتَطْمَئِنُّ قُلُوبُهُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Those who believe achieve the comfort of the heart through the remembrance of Allah. It is indeed only the remembrance of Allah that will comfort the heart and the soul. May Allah grant us goodness.